The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out about again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around, and he said to them, Why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, Call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more. But each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to, to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Do you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. Well, this has been quite a week. I'm sure that many of us would rather not go through a week just like this. Uh, Galveston and parts of uh, the Gulf Coast were uh, devastated as a result of Hurricane Ike. Parts of the South and the Midwest were flooded from the same storm. And, of course, then there is the presidential campaigns that are ongoing and, and the heat seems to be rising. Not necessarily more light as we get closer to Election Day, only six weeks away. It's hard to believe. And all of that, all of that really important news got pushed off the front page of the nation's papers because of what appears to be the most significant financial crisis since the Great Depression. That was last week. <laughs> One commentator said, we are in a big mess right now. And that was probably the smartest thing that was said all week. As our nation's financial crisis began to unfold even further this past week with the bankruptcy of Lehman Brothers and the bailout of the insurance giant AIG, the largest bailout in history is being worked on this very weekend. And as that was all in play, every once in a while, one would hear questions of fairness coming up. And I think as you listen to the uh, to the politicians as the week went on and certainly some of the commentators, they were asking what is going to be done about those folks that are losing their homes or losing their businesses. 
And as they thought about the millions upon millions that had been made preceding this debacle, some were asking, should they be rewarded for their failure by bailing them out? We care about fairness. It seems to be part of our makeup. Anyone who has been around children know that uh, children, when they're playing together, if something is considered unfair, somebody raises the red flag right away. It's not fair, mommy. (laughs) I probably said that more than once. (laughs) We care about fairness. It's deep within us. Fairness is important to each one of us. And that's why it's hard for us to receive this parable of Jesus without some sense of unease. We like it, but we really don't like it. That wonderful Episcopal preacher, Barbara Brown Taylor, in a sermon on that text, says that it's a lot like uh, taking cod liver oil. You know it's good for you, but it still is hard to swallow. And that's what this gospel is like to us. We know it's good for us, but it's hard for us to swallow what we see as as unfairness within it. Jesus tells this very interesting story about a man who owns a vineyard. And if any of you have lived in parts of the country where there are a lot of migrant workers or where there are immigrant workers, as we did in California, I remember a particular corner where they would always gather in the morning. And people who were looking for day laborers would come by and they would hire them. And eventually most of the people seemed to find a job or else they just wandered off. Apparently, it was something like that that Jesus was talking about, perhaps a place in the marketplace where laborers would gather, hoping to be hired for the day. So the landowner goes in and early in the morning gets laborers for the vineyard. And then he goes back again at nine and goes back again at noon and at three o'clock. And finally, back again at five in the afternoon with only one hour left. And the arrangement that he apparently makes with all of them is that he will give them a fair wage. And I think with the first ones, it actually says a day's wage. Now, one could rationalize some of this by thinking that perhaps what he was giving them was enough for them to live on. So it may not have been a lot of money at all. But then, of course, it comes time to settle up at the end of the day. And he starts with the ones who were hired last. Now, this also brings back to mind childhood memories. I know that all of you have experienced if you come, if your last name begins with a letter of the alphabet that comes early in the alphabet, you usually get to go first. Every once in a while, there's a teacher who decides we're going to start with the end of the alphabet. That just doesn't feel right to those of us who come early. I think that's I think that was the problem that those who had been hired first had with what the landowner was doing. The landowner started to pay the ones that were hired last. It only worked for an hour and he was giving them a full day's wage. So they gathered to those that were hired early and were, I'm sure, very much looking forward to a very generous payment. Because after all, if the landowner was good enough to pay those who only worked an hour a full day's wage, what would he pay us who have worked all day in the hot sun? Well, of course, the landowner pays them what he had agreed to pay them, a day's wage. And they were very unhappy. One of them grumbles directly to him. And he finally says, can't I do what I want to do with that which belongs to me? And then finally, 
Are you so, do you begrudge my generosity? Do you begrudge my being willing to give the way that I give? And I find myself asking, do I begrudge God, God's generosity? Do I begrudge the generosity of God to give to those that I might not see as worthy? I think it's helpful for us to stop for a moment and think about how this might have been received as Jesus was telling it. He was, of course, telling it to a group that was made up of Jews and Gentiles. And we also know that Jesus had befriended many outcasts, a tax collector, at least one, lepers, Samaritans, and other people who were generally considered in the, in the general category of sinners. They were just sinners. These were the people that Jesus was drawing to himself, one of them even becoming a part of his inner circle. And one can imagine that those who had been a part of Jesus' ministry from the beginning, perhaps those first twelve, as others were joining him and were following him, and Jesus was making it clear that all were welcome, some of those who had come first might have asked the question, is it possible that the kingdom of God is for those who have ignored God's law and have ignored all of the traditions of our faith? Is it possible that they too could be in the kingdom? Is it possible, Jesus, that you would take into the kingdom those who just joined us, that haven't been with us from the beginning? Is it possible? And of course, the answer we get is that God will do as God wishes. God will do whatever God wants when it comes to us human beings. I believe this parable has within it a challenge to us and also a great reason to have hope. The challenge, of course, is this final word of the, of the landowner who said, Would you begrudge my generosity? I often wonder how many times I begrudge God's generosity. When you think about Jesus' ministry, Jesus as the one who embodies what we understand to be God, he was always reaching out generously and with compassion. He had compassion for lepers and touched them, knowing full well that as he touched them, he was becoming unclean, at least as seen by those in, his, in that culture. He spoke to women in public. No one would do that who was respectable. He even reached out to a Gentile military officer and had compassion upon him. He shared water and conversation with a Samaritan, and not just a Samaritan, but a Samaritan woman who was alone at the well at midday. As God incarnate, the actions of Jesus' life force us to consider how it is that we should act as people who worship a God of compassion. Because I believe what Jesus shows us is that God is not just a God of justice and of judgment, but also a God of compassion, of mercy, of grace abounding. This parable compels me to ask myself, where do I seek to limit God's grace? Who might I consider unworthy to be a part of God's kingdom? Who might I exclude and why? The message of this gospel is that none of us are worthy, but God in Christ has made us worthy. We have been accepted through him, not because of what we do, but because of who he is, and we are willing to follow him. 
the hope this gives us is in knowing that God's compassion is not only extended to those people that we might not consider to be part of the kingdom, but rather God's compassion is extended even to us, even to me. No matter how much we think we have missed the mark, how badly we feel we may have sinned, how badly we feel about what we have done or left undone, God says to us that we are his and God's mercy covers us. And for that, we give God thanks. Amen.